The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can with Heather Wagonhalls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Heather will show you how to stop chasing your wallet, eliminate debt, lose financial stress, and live the life of your dreams. If you truly ever wanted to have more, do more, be and give back more, now's your chance. Listen weekly to hear what others are doing to manage their money better with these proven strategies for building wealth with the Keys to Riches Financial Philosophy. Now, here's your host, Heather Wagonhalls. Is this on? Is it? Hello? Hello? Is this thing working? Hello? This segment of Keys to Riches is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at keystoriches.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Whoa. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks so much for stopping by. I am your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls, and I am flanked by the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we will help you get your money mind right on today's episode with the following great features. So first off, what's this week's key? This key, this week's key, is practicing the three R's. Yes. And those aren't reading, writing, and arithmetic. Then we have a fabulous investor word for our moolah word of the day. And uh, it's about the different types of accounts that you can have when you begin investing. And... uh, Today, because uh, the three R's is quite an involved key, as the case may be, uh, we're going to skip our moneyism because uh, that way we could pay more attention to it. I can allude to different hangups that people get, but mostly this is the key that separates our money management philosophy and our you know, financial freedom strategy from every other one on the planet because we have specifically engineered our ability to make changes on the fly, if mm-hmm. you will. Okay. Like if you're four wheeling and you need it, like you've got some sloppy terrain sure. coming up and you go from four high to low and you can do that on the fly without like, remember the old four wheel drives? You had to get out and change the hub things. You had to flip them, get out of the car, do all of that. So this is like if you're having a bad month. Well, not necessarily a bad month. I mean, it could just be bad things happening. Yeah. And we have to make changes. But it's also good things happening. Sure. And we should make upward adjustments, too. So it's about uh, addressing life as it happens and being able to manipulate our finances on the fly. Because the reason why budgets and diets don't work is what? Well... We don't, we don't, it's not the way we, we're biologically not set up for that kind of stuff. Exactly. So we've got biology against us, plus those things are rigid. You know, there's something that we go on to and off of, Mm -hmm. and usually with catastrophic consequences when we come off of diets and budgets. And so that's why we broke the budget when we um, started out. In our seventh key, it's break the budget. So we deliberately take and 
uh, screw up the whole paradigm of money management is about better budgeting yeah. because it's not. Yeah. And we change things up by creating a healthy savings and spending plan in t- instead. So on today's episode, our practicing the three R's is going to be our linchpin. Plus, it is also what? The final question answered in our three five financial oh, strategy. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about that on today's show. But first, let's get to our moolah word of the day, shall we? Oh, that sounds- okay, so our moolah word of the day is brokerage account. So if you have invested in the stock market or any type of other financial securities or instruments that require a broker dealer uh, or a securities firm to... Um, affect those transactions, you will have a brokerage account. A brokerage account is a customer's account at a brokerage. There are three kinds of brokerage accounts. The most basic is a cash management account into which investors place money in order to make trades. There must be enough money in the account to cover the trade at the time of its execution including both the price of the security and the commission. Or the investor must be able to pay for the trade within three days, which is called the settlement date. Some brokerages firms accept credit cards to fund cash accounts, but most require cash or a personal check. Such an account is often a substitute for a bank account. So let me just tell you the term for not having the appropriate funds in when you make a trade, it's called free riding and it will suspend your trading account for 90 days if you're guilty of it. And so a friend of mine, uh, we were watching the market together and I was on route between Phoenix and this other city I was heading to to go do business. And it's a six-hour drive between here and L.A. And I had a mobile phone. This is in the 90s. But, you know, online trading was not as sophisticated as it is today. Mm-hmm. And being, at the time, I was still Series 7 licensed. Um, so I called my friend and gave him my name and password. And I said, look, I'm trading between these two price points. And I forgot to execute, like uh, I was doing program trades and I forgot to execute it and I told him to go in there and do it, fix fix it for me. So knowing that this guy is a neophyte when it comes to technology, I, I should have known better. So he goes in and he doesn't do it right. And so he buys stock at this wrong point, right? So then he sells it again And then he buys it at this other thing, but he bought it. He was doing all these trades at the market. He wasn't putting the, he wasn't programming the trade like he was supposed to. And uh, knowing that, that this is a guy who thought that his work email was his work email and he needed a separate email for his home. (laughs) <laughs> Not knowing he could get them anywhere. <laughs> I should have known better. Oh, dear. And so, like, he did all these trades, and at the end of the day, like, there was zero, right? But he didn't know what he had done to my account. And so, I'm just going to give you, like, generic numbers so you can do the math. So, imagine if it's a $100 commission, right, <laughs> on 
like a thousand dollars. And these are just ridiculous numbers, but I want people to track the math. So if he buys a thousand dollars worth of stock at a at hundred dollar commission, there has to be eleven hundred dollars in the account. Right. And if he buys another thousand dollars worth of stock, and there's another hundred dollar charge, that now means that it should be twenty two hundred dollars. And right. I forget the fact. Of anything else. But every time he buys and sells, there's commissions and there are consequences. Right. Okay. And so he's thinking it's just like, okay, well, I sold him, right? He's just not thinking about that I had to have the big pile of money. I wasn't on a leveraged account. I was just, it was a cash account. And so he like overdrew me. For free riding, but he didn't say anything to me. I didn't know this. And then I get this lovely letter saying that my account's been suspended for free riding because I didn't have enough in there to, to, for all the trades. And he thought that if he sold them, that it was no big deal, but he didn't realize that there wasn't enough to cover all the commissions and all the other hoot nanny that went on. That's called free riding. It's called free riding. And I learned that the hard way. So for 90 days, I couldn't trade. Wow. So it really sucked. No, no penalty though. Just. Just your penalty was 90 days you couldn't trade. Right. I was just suspended for 90 days. That was my slap on the wrist. The next time it would have been a bigger deal. Oh, well, and I also had to pay all the money for all the commissions, too. Yeah, yeah. For stock that I never got, which apparently my instructions weren't thorough enough. So a second type of uh, brokerage account is a more sophisticated kind called a margin account, which allows investors to buy securities with money borrowed from the brokery, from the brokery, like a bakery, but only money. Yeah, the brokery. Uh, the Federal Reserve limits margin borrowing at most to 50% of the amount invested, but some brokerages have even stricter requirements. Um, so think of that as being able to buy on credit. And a third kind of brokerage account, which I never, ever recommend is called a discretionary account, which permits the broker to buy and sell without first contacting you for approval. Hmm. That can be bad because you can have what just happened to me, churning. So I was guilty of free riding was the the term. But when you buy and sell and buy and sell, especially if a broker does buying and selling on behalf of an investor and all it's doing is generating commissions and no profits for the investor, that's called churning. And churning can happen in a discretionary account. You never want anybody. There should always be somebody in your contact list. You know, you're never too important to find out about trades. And, you know, you should have them at least calling your CFO if you're a business person mm-hmm. or somebody that ha- that has the authority to make that decision on your behalf and never give it to the broker because the broker's doing what's in the broker's best interest. I don't give a crap what anybody says. Yeah. That's not the, we're not wired for altruism. We're wired for our own best interest. So we have to know that up front biologically. Yeah. So anyway, that's it for today's Moolah, word of the day, brokerage account, three types. One is very, very bad, can be financially devastating to you. So you definitely don't want to do that. So uh, so we have a key to talk about today. Practicing the three R's. Yes, we do. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time, thanks so much for stopping by. We're so glad to have you. We hope you gain some value out of today's show. If you do, just please place a, a note in our comment section or make a note on our Facebook fan page and let us know what you're thinking about our show. 
So the Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, all while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this one key at a time, one week at a time here at Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And for those of you who are curious, this segment is sponsored in part by keepmyid.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown with their special offer for Keys to Riches radio listeners by visiting our website at keystoriches.com forward slash keepmyid and click on the link to protect your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So this week's key is our 12th key. And remember, there's a baker's dozen of these. We go the extra mile here at our brokery, (laughs) cooking up financial (laughs) philosophies for you. (laughs) How's that for taking a verbal faux pas? So let's just for a moment see where we've come from. Because like I said before in the beginning, we are answering the final question in our 3-5 financial strategy. And so those three questions, like Michael had enumerated briefly, was that where am I? Where am I going? And what's the difference? And so this is the third piece of the puzzle that helps us stay on track with our where am I going? So this is a critical piece because where am I is our balance sheet. Where am I going are our goals. And what's the difference is both our monthly cash flow statements and our quarterly checkup. So this quarterly checkup is what helps us stay on target. And instead of having a budget, we have a healthy savings and spending plan instead. And we're going to talk about that on today's show because this is the piece that makes it all worthwhile. So last week, we learned to forget the perfection principle. We're going to use that key also in this week's key because it's critical when we go for the final R. So the three R's are simply review, revise, and recommit. But because we are biologically driven toward pleasure and away from pain. We have to have a money management system that works with our biology. And this helps round out our biology-driven money management philosophy. And the reason why, because the when you deal with financial freedom and the concepts of successful money management and financial independence... All of these things are subjective because your definition of money management is different from Michael's and different from mine. Michael and I were just arguing about having, you know, when you buy nice things and they get ruined, it makes it worse than if you just don't buy nice things. But, you know, why can't you just teach people to take care of the nice things that you bought is kind of my answer. We were having a little countertop conversation about marble countertops and people etching them with their corrosive beverages. So, you know, if that's the goal to have nice things and to live a financially secure life and to be able to do what you want when you want to do it and on your terms, you know, one of my husband's fatal flaws is his father growing up used to always, they never went on vacation. And his dad would always say, if we can't go first class, we're not going at all. 
And so yeah. my husband always recites that as his father's explanation. But anytime my husband is feeling stressed or pinched about work, you know, the opportunity to travel, which we could do comfortably, if we can't go first class, he just doesn't want to go. Like it's in his head that we just can't go. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, it doesn't matter how we get there. It's it's all. about yeah. it's about the time that we're the great time we're going to have once we arrive. It's about the journey. Exactly. Uh, so sometimes we can get hung up in bad programming from from our kids. But whatever our definition of financial freedom or financial independence is, at whatever economic level it is, it's not going to be attainable unless we do several things. One, keep these extremely subjective, not concrete, mostly abstract concepts in our forefront. That's why we're constantly looking at our goals. That's why we do our affirmations to help us focus on our higher purpose because the conscious brain can only manage seven to nine things plus or minus two at any given moment while the subconscious is busy ruminating on four billion bits of information. And because we can only keep track of so many things and maybe we're at work or maybe we're driving, a lot of that conscious capacity is taken up. So thinking about our financial goals while we're trying to bandage our child's skin knee is probably not going to happen. So that's why we constantly need to be referring back to it. That's the power of the affirmation process that we learned in our very first key, which was uh, acceptance and affirmation. And so what we need to do first is instead of looking at just the raw data that's been generated and reviewing it, we're going to review in a different sense. Because um, I think about the story, it's a business story and I can't remember what business book it was in. Maybe it was Ready, Fire, Aim. And they were talking about, um, I think it was Tootsie Rolls, but I can't remember the candy. Anyway, they were trying to improve upon the flavor of the candy. And it got the, to, to increase sales, make them more savory, make people want to eat more one time, blah, blah, blah. Right? You get it. So, what happened was that they got to a point that their sales were tanking. And what was happening is when they were going to compare the taste results, this is what it boiled down to. They were comparing the taste results to the last flavor taste results, not to the original candy that was initially enjoyed. And so the new flavor was very, very far away from the original flavor that everybody knew and loved. Uh-huh. And so they had to make a correction because they're, they were making comparisons on the wrong data. And so this is why this specific process, review, revise, and recommit, is so essential to your ability to succeed as successful money management. And it's because we're not going to compare what we have just done to what we did just before. That ain't going to happen. Because of this little phenomenon, I don't know what else you would call it, but there's a saying that my grandfather used to say, you would never let somebody deliberately knock you off track 
but you can be nudged in the wrong direction. And if you're not comparing your current activity to a specific benchmark that doesn't change, then your results are never going to be what you expect them to be. So we're going to gather some tools in order to affect this review, revise, and recommit. So the first thing that we need to have is our two questions. So we need to have our where am I and our where am I going? And we need to gather those things. So we need to gather our balance sheets. We also need to gather our uh, dreams with deadlines strategy. So our goal achievement strategy, we need to pull that out. And we also need to pull out our monthly savings and spending tracker because these things are critical pieces to our ability to affect the review, revise, and recommit. The first thing that we are going to look at is not the numbers. Okay, so this goes to our brain and the subjectivity of this abstract concept we're chasing. You know, um, you know, a car is a tangible physical asset. A house is a tangible physical access a, a, asset. Um, uh, our computers, our, our phones, our clothing, those are tangible items. But financial freedom is intangible. It's definable, but you can't touch it, you can't feel it. So you have to really articulate what it means to you. And that's why we need to grab our dreams with deadlines. And we need to grab this and we need to reread it. We need to acquaint ourselves with what the target was to begin with. Where were we aiming? And when we figure out where we were aiming first, it now refocuses our brain on our higher purpose. It keeps us from making excuses for non-performance or getting defensive if we're doing this with a spouse and one of us made blunders. Um, so we need to pull this goal achievement strategy out first and review it. And not just read what the goals were. Get back that mindset. Because if you remember, when we do the goal achievement strategy, we satiate it with emotion. We visualize ourselves achieving it. So we know once we've achieved it, we know what that little cottage with the white picket fence and the green lawn and the pretty flowers looks like. We can assign a value to that because we know how much it costs to get there. Okay, and we need to get back in that mindset. So we've completed this sensory experience that is not achievable in one fell swoop or one stroke of a check, unless, of course, you've won the lottery first. So now that we have our target firmly in our sights, now we can do another balance sheet. So we started one at the beginning of the season and now we can do another one and we're going to create a balance sheet. And a balance sheet is simply all of our assets and then all of our liabilities subtracted to give us what our net worth is. And so hopefully once we complete this sheet, it is a higher net worth or at least a positive one, if it was negative beforehand, then the last time we did it, or the very first time, if this is your first season with Unlock, um, with Keys to Riches Radio. And so now that we have identified what it is that we were chasing after, and now we've done a balance sheet, we can see some movement. Have we reduced some debt? 
Have we increased some of our assets as our savings plan working. So this is information that we have. We can also take a look at our cash flow statements over the last three months. So this is our monthly what's the difference because all of those numbers that we've been tracking in our daily savings and spending tracker, we do it on a monthly basis. Now we can add up all those columns and see if we, the ideal goal, the way we set it up is to break even every month because we treat our savings like a bill. If you're just jumping into this key without the, um, uh, knowledge of key seven, which was break the budget where we learn how to do all of that stuff. So, uh, have we been breaking even every month? Because if we have a surplus, that's supposed to go into savings. So if we're breaking even every month, are we in the negative every month? If we have been in the negative every month, um, is that negative number getting smaller? Are our plans working? This is information that we can have. So we know what our goals are. We know what the target was for this quarter. So now that we've looked at the numbers, we need to ask ourselves, did we make it? Did we in fact reduce debt? Did we increase our savings? If the answer is yes, that's great. We can move on to the next step, which is revise. If not, if we got further away from our financial goals as a closed as opposed to closer to them now we need to say okay so i didn't make make my quarterly goals so the question is why so was there a particular catastrophic event was it a habitual spending that we do subconsciously to placate another emotion? Are we impulse spenders? Are we just general overspenders? Do we not take the time to comparison shop and find the right price or deal for things? What led us to not accomplish our goals? And if it is just a matter of, oh, well, my transmission fell out and I had to buy a new one, okay. That's information we can use. So it was a single event. It wasn't like I was, you know, partying all weekend or I took this spontaneous trip and blew all my cash and I ended up in a hotel room with a strange person and my kidney was missing <laughs> in a foreign country. And I don't know where my wallet is. So once we identify whatever our issues are, um, uh, if we're ahead of the game, that's also something to take into consideration. So if I had a surplus of cash after I made my minimum savings contributions and I have a surplus of cash, why is that? Was it that I didn't spend or did I get a raise? So all of these questions that we ask ourselves, and by the way, these questions are available at keystoriches.com. Just type that into the search bar and you will find our document on how to proceed through practicing the free art, the three R's, the free. I got free. The, the free three R's. So now we can move to our revise phase. So if we did get a pay bump, we can make the revision to start saving more money or paying off more debt. These are all options that we have. But what other information do we have that we that's new from when we first created our dreams with deadlines. And this is where the power comes in because in this revised section, if this information says I have new information and 
It's going to materially affect my ability long-term to achieve these goals. This is the place to handle it. Did I have the death of an income-producing spouse? Do I have to take on the care of an indigent parent? Do I have an unplanned pregnancy coming along the way? Do I have a special needs child? Do I have a catastrophic illness? Maybe I was in a car accident. So it's not that we can't achieve our goals, but now is the time to make revisions to our savings and spending plan to account for all of these changes. So instead of realizing financial independence in five years, maybe it takes us seven or 10. And this is the key that makes it all worthwhile. Now, whether or not we have made changes, whether or not we augment our dreams with deadlines temporarily or permanently, now is the time that we recommit. So we start Uh, our final phase of the dreams with deadlines all over again. And we visualize this new or potentially new uh, scenario for us of financial freedom. If it's the same vision, we just need to get, get excited about it. Because remember, when it comes to money management, it's an abstract concept. And we are all about the shiny new bobble or the squirrel that just distracted us from what it is. So we have to keep that in the forefront. So that's why it's important to reinvigorate ourselves with our long long-term goals because we're not designed for long-term management of anything. And then once you've done that, you can visit our website at keystoriches.com to download all the worksheets so you can take the time out to create your quarterly checkup of your checkbook, if you will. Uh, Thank you so much for stopping by for our key statement, key affirmation, and key action item. Please visit our website at keystoriches.com. And for more great resources to help you you get your money mind right and achieve financial freedom. Again, visit our website at keystoriches.com. For the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.